It's the dictionary. Dictionary. It's the dictionary. It's the dictionary. Dictionary. It's the dictionary. Dictionary. Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. This is my podcast, and we are now starting the E section. Can you believe it? We made it to the E's. My name is Spencer. I don't think I said that. Hello. How are you? How's everybody doing? Did you enjoy the break? Um, I don't know how long the break happened, how long it is. I am recording this on May 24th, almost 7 a.m. in my work office. Uh I, I decided I think I need to get an early start at recording the ease, uh, so I can just make my life a little bit easier later. I can get very, very far ahead. The letter D has not even finished airing. Uh, I think there's still a couple weeks, couple weeks, uh, yeah, a couple weeks to go until the D's are done. And uh, okay, so we got to talk about these uh, these letters, these words. A lot of them just are letters. That's the fun part about the beginning of a new section, a new letter. There's just a bunch of just that letter. Um, As I have mentioned in the past, uh, the E's are just going to be airing, just going to be airing, Monday through Friday, five days a week. None of this seven days a week nonsense that's been happening for the last four years or so. Um, so, you know, dropping down, that means it'll take a little bit longer to get through, uh, but it is a bit less work on my part, and I just need a little bit more time in my life for other things and projects, which, of course, I will tell you about as they come about. All right, we need to talk about the words in this episode. Uh, we are starting with just the letter E. It's the first form. Um, we have we have e lowercase capital prefix. There are no suffix e's. That makes me sad. No, it doesn't. Okay, the first form of the letter e is a noun. It is from before the twelfth century. There's so so many definitions. Number one a. It is the fifth letter of the English alphabet. And, of course, we are calling this the fifth season of this podcast called The Dictionary. 1B, a graphic representation of this letter. And that, of course, is, you know, what we visualize, what we see as the letter E. If you can see the letter E, then you are looking at the graphic representation of this letter E. 1C, a speech counterpart or of orthographic, and then it shows the letter E. So, okay, so let's look at these first three. It's the same thing that we've seen before. The fifth letter of the alphabet is the E, but the visual representation of it is also E, but then the sound that you make when you say E is also E. All of those are E. Number two, the third tone of a C major scale. And of course, I don't know, I don't have perfect pitch, so I don't know what what um, sounds, which sounds or which letters, but let's say the first letter that I go, that I sing is C, ba, is it C? I have no idea. Ba, ba, ba. Now, I don't even know if those were accurate. 
da 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 so that third note is e but only if my first note was c and i don't know what it was number three a graphic device for reproducing the letter e so maybe like in the olden days when they're print on a printing press uh the thing that looks like the e that would also be a graphic device now, is that that's different than number 1B somehow? I guess one of them is it's a representation. Uh, it's printed maybe, but then there's another thing. This number three is it's the physical thing that can create the letter E. Four, one designated E, especially as the fifth in order or class. Uh, so... I'm an ensign, E. I'm the fifth level of ensign. I don't really know where this gets used in various places. How far is that going to go? How many orders or classes are we Are we going to go through all 26 letters? I don't think they go that far. 5A, a grade rating a, student, a student's work as poor and usually constituting a conditional pass. Some schools, uh, they'll have the letters A, B, C, D, E, which makes sense. Um, But then other schools, they skip E altogether. I didn't have the letter E in my grading system. We did A, B, C, D, F. F for fail. You failed if you get an F. Uh, But this one says it constitutes a conditional pass. So it's like, well, you passed just barely, I think. So are like... Are there some schools that have A, B, C, D, E, and F, all six of them? Hmm, yeah, I don't know. Having an E in my grading thing was, that just doesn't make any sense to me because I didn't have it, but it does logically make more sense. Why would you skip a letter? That just seems odd. 5B, this is a grade rating a student's work as failing. Ah, see, here we go. Some of them, they do just end at E, and you failed, and that's it. You're done. You got to start over. Do it again. Try again. Will they let you do that? Uh, And then we have another one, 5C. One graded or rated with an E, and it shows a capital E there, and it doesn't say what that means. Is it good or is it bad? It's just an E. That's it. Six, a transcendental... Is that the word transcendental? Yes, it is. A transcendental number having a value to eight decimal places of 2.7182.8183 that is the base of natural logarithms. Oh, man, I feel like I learned this back in the day, but I don't remember. So I think this is a lowercase e in math. And it represents this number, 2.7182.8183. I definitely got to put a link in the show notes for this one. What does it mean? Why is it important? It's the base of natural logarithms. But what does that mean exactly? I don't remember. I was in high school when I learned this stuff. That was a long time ago. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that transcendental number. Uh, yeah, interesting. Let's go learn about that in the show notes. Number seven, something shaped like the letter E. 
Oh, and at some point in this episode, I think I'm going to have to put in uh, at least a clip a clip of at least one of They Might Be Giant songs where they talk about the letter E. They have some kids' songs. Uh, one of their albums is uh, Here Come the ABCs. So you, you get to learn about letters and stuff. And uh, so uh, there's definitely one that I can think of that's about the letter E. And there might be another one, but I'm only thinking of the one right now. So somewhere in this episode, I'll put in that clip. If it's here, if I decide later that this is where it makes the most sense, I'll put it here. Otherwise, we'll do it somewhere else. But E eats everything. Yeah, E eats everything. E eats everything. Yeah, E eats everything. Number eight. This one is capitalized, and it is the number four definition for the word ecstasy, which I believe in that context, that would be the drug ecstasy. Um, So some people just call it E, uh, but some people also like to call it X, you know, or or there's other names too, obviously, but some people, they just call it E, capital letter E. Let's do some E, man. Is that what they say? I don't know what the cool kids are saying. Uh, There's no etymology, but of course, we got some other words and, and versions of this letter that we got to talk about. So my sound effect is just going to be E. Okay, the second form of the letter E, still lowercase, this one is the abbreviation for many things. Number one, I, I want to put these together in a sentence, but I don't know if my brain's that smart. Not yet. Uh, number one, Earth. Two, east or easterly or eastern. Three, edge. Four, eldest. Five, L. Now this is spelled E-L-L, and I would think that that would be the letter L. I don't know what another thing is that's spelled E-L-L and pronounced L, but I guess E is an abbreviation for that. Interesting one. Number six, empty. Seven, end. E-N-D, end. Eight, energy. Nine, erg, E-R-G, erg. And number 10, excellent. Uh, So you really need to know your context, obviously. If you're just abbreviating down to the letter E, it could stand for so many things. And to be honest, I imagine that there's probably more than 10. I'm sure people have abbreviated uh, more than 10 words down to just the letter E. But wait, there's more. E! We now have the capital letter E, which is also an abbreviation for five things. Number one, electro electromotive force. My brain didn't want to say the rest of that word. Electromotive force. Two, also energy. We had energy in the lowercase e abbreviation, and we get it again here. Three, English. Four, error. That's probably in baseball, right? Error, capital E. And five, exponent. That's also, I believe, that would be in math. E. Now we got the E prefix, first form. This is literally just the letter E with a dash after it. Number one, 
This means missing or absent, as in, how do you say this word? Edentulous? Edentulous? E-D-E-N-T-U-L-O-U-S. Edentulous. So something is missing or absent. I'm going, going to assume that's talking about teeth because dent is in there, but I don't know. It could be something else. So uh, I guess if you um, if you need those clicky clackers, if you need, uh, what are those called? <laughs> Dentures. Uh, then your teeth, your mouth would be edentulous, possibly. We'll learn about that when we get there later this season. Uh, so missing or absent is E. And then number two, it means away, as in illuviation. And I feel like I have heard of this word before, but as something is going away, uh, I don't remember what that is. We'll learn about that later again. Uh, so the etymology says this is basically just from the Anglo-French version of this prefix, which means out or forth, F-O-R-T-H, or away. Um, so yeah, similar similar to what we read here. Uh, going away, if it's missing, absent away, it's you, you got to put the E prefix there. Um, and it does also say that it could also be or is also from the Latin prefix X. E-X, and uh, that, that's a whole other ball of wax when we get to the X section. E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E. The second form of the E prefix, prefix um, it doesn't say prefix here, it says, it says comb form, C-O-M-B form, uh, which I do see sometimes, I haven't really specified that. Uh, what does it mean? Combination form, combined form, I don't know what it means. Uh, but it means, though so this is a thing that we have been seeing for many, many years, decades even, all over the place we see this, it means electronic, as in the example, e-commerce. And of course, we're going to see other examples like email, but there's other ones. People just throw e before a thing it's just to mean it's electronic, because we got that technology now. Uh, and then, actually, it does say the etymology, it's from email. So, email, uh, and there's a dash after the E in both of these examples, email, e-commerce. Uh, they they created email because it's electronic mail that you can send from one person to another person. And then they took that E to mean electronic, and they put it in front of all the words, just all of them. E. Next is E-A, and this is an abbreviation for the word each, E-A-C-H, which is our next word. E-E-E. It's, it's the word each, E-A-C-H. I just spelled it. I spelled it again. This one is the first form. It's an adjective from before the 12th century, and it means being one of two or more distinct individuals having a similar relation, and often constituting an aggregate. So, what it's saying is there are two or more things that are individual to themselves. They are their own things. We could be talking about humans or donuts or pandas, uh, but when you put them all together, they create 
oh, I don't know, they create a group. Maybe it's a, a, a five pandas that create a rock group. And so all together, they're the rock and pandas. But when you're only talking about one of those rock and pandas, you say each. Each one of them are separate to, than the others. But they create an aggregate when they all come together and create lovely rock music together. This is from the old English. Well, it's Middle English, etch, ek. I don't know how they say it. They took out the A there. And then the old English, oh my God, A-E-L-C. And the A-E are uh, combined, which I think is the ash letter. Uh, A-E-L-C. How do you say that word? Elk. Aish? I don't know. It is akin to the old high German Eoglich, uh, that means each or both, each or both, that's interesting because each means one and both would be two. Uh, it is also from the West Germanic, Eu, A-I-W, I just don't know how to say these words. Um, so that means ever or always. Oh, I see. So, I think what this is saying is that the Old High German I-O-G-I-L-I-H is from the West Germanic A-I-W, which means ever or always, and also from Gallicaz, G-A-L-I-K-A-Z, which means having the same form or like, but, geez, there's more information after the A-I-W prefix, which means ever or always, it says, whence Old English A is always. So I guess that also got translated into the Old English just word A, which means always. And then the second part of the word, galakaz, which means having the same form or like, it says, whence Old English, gelik, which means like. So it's similar to that West Germanic word, galakaz, and it means, uh, yeah, similar, like, like, uh, having the same form. Oh, my God. I am so sorry that I probably described that whole etymology just very strangely. Um, feel free to go look that up if you want. It's very complicated. Uh, there is more at the words I, A-Y-E, and the word like. So what, what English words are we seeing here in the etymology? Uh, what we're seeing each, both, always, ever, having the same form, like, and that's just, it just all means each. Okay, next word. E, 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 E. The second form of each is a pronoun from before the 12th century, and it means each one, as in to each his own or to each her own, or to each their own. Any one of those is fine. Depends on who you're talking about and what pronouns they prefer. Because please just use the pronouns that people prefer. If they say, I'm a she, then you call them a she or a her, and don't say he or him. No matter what you think, you got to respect their wishes. Um, so it's, it's a pronoun, to each their own. The pronouns are to each their own. They get to decide what they want. Each one. Next word. E. 
the third form of each adverb from before the 12th century again. And it means two or four each. And the synonym is a piece, as in cost a dollar each. I still don't understand how that's an adverb. Uh, I guess you're doing the costing in an each way. Is that, is that a good way to describe that? Does that make it more complicated? I'm not sure. Two or four each a piece. It's each. Yeah, I can't. I can't give a better des- description than that. Eee. Here we have each other. Two words. This is also a pronoun from before the 12th century, and it means each of two or more in reciprocal action or relation, as in, looked at each other in surprise. Um, so, okay, let's, let's reread the definition. Each of two or more in reciprocal action or relation. So there's something that's going on. There's a relationship between the two things that they're doing the action, uh, and they're reciprocating it, each other, looked at each other in surprise. I guess I didn't realize that this was, this two-word phrase meant a thing. Okay, so it's a pronoun. Um, so I guess you could sort of replace it with other pronouns, like looked at, looked at them in surprise, looked at him or her in surprise, looked at, I don't know, I mean, each other. It, it, it has more meaning than just looked at themselves. It's the whole, the, the meaning behind it is that they, there are two eaches, two people, two things in this context, two people uh, that are doing the action back and forth to each other. I think that's fine. But what's good here is that we have some usage information, which might give us some better information. It says, it says, it says this usage information right now. Some handbooks and textbooks recommend that each other be restricted to reference to two, two, that's the number two, and one another to reference to three or more. The distinction, while neat, is not observed in actual usage. Each other and one another are used interchangeably by good writers and have been since at least the 16th century. So what they're saying is that uh, each other should be used when we're only talking about two things that are looking at each other in surprise. But when you got more than two, you should use one another. So if there's the five rock pandas and they all look at each other in surprise at the end of the show when something crazy happened, then you'd say one another. All the rock pandas looked at each other, looked at one another in surprise. You got it? Okay, good. E-E-E. Eager is next. E-A-G-E-R. I'm sure you are eager for me to finish this episode. Adjective from the 14th century, number 1A. This one is archaic, and the synonym is sharp. So what is that? What, is this literally sharp, a sharp knife, or is this like sharpen the wit in the tongue? Mm, eager. Yeah, don't know. It's archaic. Number 1B. This one is obsolete. And the synonym is sour. 
hmm, uh, so is this like literally sour? Is this a sour mood? Eager? Yeah, that's again a very strange one to my brain. Number two, marked by enthusiastic or impatient desire or interest. I am impatient. Um, I'm, I'm interested in the thing finishing up. I am impatient to get this thing going, uh, but I'm, in, I'm enthusiastic or impatient. Either one. Impatient is like, oh, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Or enthusiastic is like, yes, let's do this. I am so eager to go on the roller coaster. Eagerly is an adverb, and eagerness is a noun. Uh, let's see, the etymology ain't given much. Uh, It says there is more at the word edge, though, E-D-G-E. We have some synonym information for eager. Eager, avid, keen, anxious, and athirst mean moved by a strong and urgent desire or interest. Eager implies ardor and enthusiasm and sometimes impatience at delay or restraint, as in Eager to get started. Avid adds to eager the implication of insatiability or greed, as in avid for new thrills. Ooh, you're greedy for those roller coaster thrills. Keen suggests intensity of interest and quick responsiveness in action, as in keen on the latest fashions. Spencer is not keen on the latest fashions. Quick responsive. I am not quick to uh, put on the latest fashionable clothes. In fact, today I am wearing very, uh, very large cargo shorts that are just way too big for me because the other shorts that I got are dirty, and I believe this may be my only other pair that semi-fit. So uh, good thing you don't have to see me. Anxious emphasizes fear of frustration or failure or disappointment, as in anxious not to make a social blunder. I am always anxious about that. Uh, Yes, anxious anxiety definitely makes me feel more of like a, it's more of a negative thingy thing, thingy thing. And the word athirst, which is the word thirst with an A at the beginning, athirst stresses yearning, but not necessarily readiness for action, as in, a thirst for adventure. Those are some good words. I hope you remember them. I hope you use them all the time. And now we have to move on to our last word, which is related. It's, oh, sound effect. It's the word eager beaver. Two words, noun from 1943. This is a person who is extremely zealous about performing duties and volunteering for more. Oh, oh, so this might have been, this must have been World War II. Uh, so maybe there was some some young chap who was fighting in the war who was like, yeah, let me go fight those people. I want to murder them and I want to... Do all of the military duties I can. Give me, give me more. Make me do more things. I am so eager about doing all this work. Um, and I guess, like they, they, they wanted to come up with a name for this. Oh, you're, you know, some sort of noun. 
And the only word that they could think of that sort of rhymed with eager was beaver. It's way more fun when you can say things that rhyme. Everybody knows that. So, eager beaver became a phrase that we now say. Are you an eager beaver for the dictionary? Are you excited? No, that's not how it would work. I guess I would be the eager beaver to read the dictionary because I am volunteering to do this. I am so zealous about performing these duties, reading these words, talking into a microphone, trying to entertain you. Am I just here for your entertainment? Um, Okay, yeah. So eager beaver, uh, yeah. That's that one. That's the last one. And now it is word of the episode time. It's time for Spencer to pick a word of the episode. All right. Today we had, (laughs) these are always silly. E, 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 that's E-A, each, 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 each other, eager, and eager beaver. I think I just got to pick eager beaver as the word of the episode. The eager beavers are trying to do more. They want to volunteer and do all the duties. They are eager beavers. Eager beavers. Um, that is just a fine place to end this episode. And uh, I am I'm way behind on telling you the movies that I have watched. Uh, because, you know, that's a fun thing for us to do. Um, and obviously you have a, you've had a big break. So whatever I'm going to tell you is going to be uh, quite quite late uh let's see i think i mentioned the movie clock did i boy i don't even remember i know i mentioned brian charles and are you there god it's me margaret twice uh i'll just quickly say clock a movie about a woman who uh doesn't want to have babies and then she tries to get herself fixed it's a uh, creepy kind of horror thriller movie and uh and then i'll give you another one bonus uh polite society Super, super fun movie about, I think it is two Pakistani uh, girls, one's in high school, one I think is college-aged. They're living in England. They've been living in England their whole life because they got English accents. And uh, one of them wants to be a, a stunt woman. Um, oh man, they just, they go, do they go full, full into, uh, the, 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 the stunt, the action scenes in these beautiful, uh, beautiful, like, gowns and things, oh man, you, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it, it's just so fun and funny and, uh, and heartwarming and great. All right, that's my recommendation of the day. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this uh, podcast in general, specifically this episode, The Beginning of the Ease, and uh, there may be a guest in the next episode. Um, I'm going to try and get somebody um, for you. I mean, it's just going to be the next episode. For me, it might be weeks from now until I record that one. Okay, that's great. We did it. Thank you. And this has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye. Goodbye.